Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am your host, Lindsay McCowan. And I am so honored to be here today with an amazing guest. Um, And we're going to be talking about how to cultivate resilience, a resilient mindset as you heal. And you can be healing from trauma. You can be healing from relationships. You can feel be healing from grief. There's just so, so many different ways to heal and why it's so important to have a resilient mindset as we go through challenging times. Now, before we get started, What I would love to do is what we always do is just take a moment to stop, pause, and breathe so that we can connect to our bodies, to our breath, and to each other. So wherever you are, if it's safe, you can close your eyes to sit or stand still or even lie down and take several nice, deep, full belly breaths, directing the breath all the way down into your belly so that when you breathe in, you feel the belly move away from the spine. And when you breathe out, the belly moves towards the spine like a gentle hug. And just continue to take several more deep breaths. Awareness is staying here at the belly and that space between the belly and the pelvic floor. And just asking yourself, have you ever experienced trauma, grief, betrayal, or harm. It could be physical, mental, or emotional harm. And continue to deep breathe into the belly. And allow space just for those emotions and those thoughts to come to the surface. When we take deep, full breaths, we give our bodies permission to experience whatever it needs to experience in a very safe and soothing way. And so as we dive deeper into this topic of how to cultivate resilience as we heal, if you need to come back to this breath at any point in time, do so and let it be a soothing balm for you. And so let's go ahead and make our way back so we can invite our lovely guest in today, Catherine Neese. Now, when I first started Women Thriving Unapologetically radio show, I put out a call on a local a business Facebook group for women who are interested in sharing their stories. And Catherine was one of the first to, you know, raise her hand, so to speak, and jump in and say, I would love to share my story. And we got on a call and connected. And I just absolutely loved her from the moment that we started talking about and sharing our stories. Now, Catherine is a mother, a pianist, a singer, a filmmaker, teacher, and collaborative artist. And her work is driven by her passion to help people find a deeper connection to themselves, each other, and their communities through music, art, and storytelling. She's collaborated with artists from the Metropolitan Opera, Broadway, and the Kennedy Center, and she's led workshops about how to empower the mind and body through anxiety as a performer and a sought-after mentor in both piano performance and improvisation. Catherine has an unquenchable curiosity to focus on humans and their stories. 
She has a passion for using music and the arts as a way for us to connect deep with each other and find our way home. So she's going to share with us today, hopefully, the way that she found her way back home to herself and to her new beautiful life. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. I'm so honored to be here. Oh, I'm the one who's honored <laughs> to have you. You're like, when you said yes, I was like, oh, this is going to be such an amazing <laughs> conversation today. Um, and what some of you, if you're listening from the Women Thrive Unapologetically Facebook group, you get to see Catherine and myself have this conversation and also hear what happens before we go live and during the breaks <laughs> and what happens after the live and what we were having a conversation with like, okay, Catherine, there's several ways we could start this conversation. We could start with some small talk just to kind of warm up, not, you know, not that it's small talk, but let's, you know, the smaller, gentler way to warm up and get comfortable. Or do we just want to dive right into the big stuff? It's like, I want to dive right into the big stuff. Like, yes, I love that. <laughs> let's go. Let's go do this. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the topic is just how do we create resilience, you know, as we heal and what we're healing from, and you've had, you know, a lot of um, trauma that you had to heal from and, you know, this deep wounding. And I'd love to hear from you, your story, but also, you know, what trauma means to you. We throw that word around a lot right nowadays, but what does it actually mean to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, trauma means a shattering of something. So it could be a shattering of anything that you hold dear or just that you link to your own existence. And um, so I like to equate it to like a piece of pottery breaking, just shattering on the floor. There are pieces everywhere. Um, You can have spiritual trauma, relationship trauma, physical trauma, family trauma. Um, And, you know, we could take a whole episode to talk about generational trauma. So it's a real thing. It exists. We are humans. We have souls. Trauma exists. So I like to adapt. I discovered years ago this beautiful philosophy called Kutsingi, which is this Japanese philosophy about how to put a broken piece of pottery back together. And their way of doing it is to acknowledge, first of all, that the pottery was broken. They acknowledge that there are pieces everywhere. And then they slowly pick them back up. And instead of gluing it back together so that it looks like it never had been broken, they take this beautiful golden lacquer. And each piece that's put together has this little line of gold that strings it and connects it from one point to the next. So that when the pottery is put back together and is complete, it is a completely new art form. And the word kutsingi um, actually means the golden joinery. So it's suddenly you have this beautiful piece of art And it's part of the Zen um, mindset of acknowledging that truth and um, the reality of the situation is what it is. So it's celebrating the fact that you are where you are now and celebrating the journey, celebrating the golden joinery. Um, That's why I love storytelling, because I think we all have our own golden joinery. And we're all these art forms that have this beautiful connecting golden parts within us to reflect the whole. 
love this idea of the golden joinery that, okay, we're all suffering and we all will Mm -hmm. all suffer and we will all have wounding at some point in our life. And some of it will feel catastrophic. Some of it will feel, you know, minor compared to other times that we've been injured or harmed. But if Mm -hmm. we just can see that each of these, you know, these experiences in our life is where we feel broken and just Mm -hmm. look at the pieces and be like, okay, I'm not really broken. All I have to do is take these pieces where I've been feel shattered and start to put them together and join them together and not where they fe- look like they've been, um, where you can tell. It becomes something mm-hmm. when you are shattered apart. A lot of times they say that that's where the light can come through. And then when you mm-hmm. put those pieces back together, especially with that gold lacquer, it's almost as if you can see and what I'm visioning is, is that the, the light is coming through and has yes. brought you together into this, something that could be even more beautiful than it was before. So I love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. It does the golden yeah. joinery and, and it's not meant to disguise what happened either. You know, it's, it's accepting what happened. And I think for someone like me, who's very eager to get on with life and live and do, and, and, you know, just live as best I can. It's, it's very easy for me to just say, okay, that happened moving on, you know, and, um, and that isn't part of the healing process. The healing process is to acknowledge what happened and what is. Oh, and move on. You're not actually picking the pieces up and. No, no. You're just like sweeping them up and like jamming them. And, you know, it's, that's not the, uh, that's not a comprehensive and beautiful way to live. We have to grieve. We have to acknowledge what happened and get our golden joinery. And each person will have their own journey to that golden joinery. And, and yeah, so for me, resilience is going to look different than it would for someone else. And so I'm excited to share what my golden joinery was, and I hope it will encourage other people to yeah. find theirs. And I love the piece, like when you say, when you, we put pick the pieces up and put them back together in a way that's, you know, joined by light and love or self-compassion or healing, mm-hmm. it's going to, it's going to, you're going to look completely different. And, in, and even though we can have similar, um, suffering in our life, mm-hmm. the way that we put our pieces back together are going to be different. And it's going to allow us to be uniquely us when we do mm-hmm. bring those fragmented pieces back together. I so, like that, Lindsay. Yeah. yeah. Very, very true. Yeah. There's actually a song called Kutsingi and my daughter and I love to listen to it. You should check it out on Spotify. It's by Gabrielle Alpin. Um, Applin. And I think I had even written down, yeah, she said in one of her verses, all my scars are golden. Mm. And, and I really like that a lot too. Just the idea of your scars can be golden. They can be part of your artwork instead of something to hide. All um, my scars are golden. Uh, all my scars are golden. And, and then she said, my life will be a map you can trace. So that's also part of the philosophy, which is you can trace the history of what happened with this piece of pottery. So you're, you're this map, this golden map. Yeah. It feels like it gives you a sense of empowerment. Like, okay, the, these are, this is the pathway and my scars are golden. They're not something to be ashamed of or to look away from or to hide, but this is, and you stand there in that power Mm -hmm. of your story and be mm-hmm. able to own it and like, okay, this is my map that I took. And it may yeah. be 
helpful to you, but you're also going to have to create your own pathway. Yes. Ultimately, this is your healing journey that you take responsibility for it and it is yours to own. And I think that's what makes it such a great adventure, right? Like this is, this is, this is your journey. Do you, uh, are you ready to dive in and share with us some of your journey? Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So again, we talked about different types of trauma. And so for me, the types of trauma that I experienced were, um, uh, religious, religious trauma. I had, um, physical trauma and then like family trauma as well. So with the, um, I think the religious trauma and the physical trauma kind of went hand in hand. Uh, 10 years ago, I was married to someone who, um, uh, did not know how to express himself in a kind and empathetic way and would use physical abuse and and, uh, verbal abuse to get his message across. So for years, I was living in fear every day. I was very scared. I was walking on eggshells. I would um, be physically harmed all the time. I was also just really, um, that's I think where the religious abuse came in because I was eventually at a place where I believed that I deserved to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the spirit, that was a, just a very dark time for my spirit where I was um, wondering, what am I doing wrong? Why am I being treated this way? I've got to get better. I've got to do better so that way I can be loved. Um, and so that is a lot to unpack there. Um, and because uh, his you know, family and him were part of a very conservative church in D.C. Um, that didn't believe in um, divorce, really. Like, divorce was not an option. Um, so when I went to the family and to the church for help, it was completely covered up um, because it was, instead of looking at the problem as, okay, there's anger, there's trauma, let's work on healing this in whatever way this is going to look. It was, we are going to preserve the marriage. And I feel like that's where a lot of um, toxicity within churches can happen is when the two people's health and wellness is completely overlooked. And this dogmatic view of a particular virtue is, is um, exaggerated over everything else. And that's legalism. And so legalism is very toxic and domestic violence happens across all races, all backgrounds, um, all financial backgrounds. Um, it, it, it is amazing to me how when I eventually was able to get out and seek help in a shelter, how many women were getting um, uh, abused by very high profile men in D.C., um, senators, pastors, um, it's, it's everywhere. So, um, uh, my body was living in escape mode and, um, survival mode for many years and trying to protect my daughter was, um, she was three at the time. It was very scary. So there was that abuse and then the divorce. And then right after that, my brother got diagnosed with cancer and we lost him within six months. So Catherine, I yeah. just want to pause and I know there's more to this, but just 
for everyone just to take a breath because <laughs> it is so that much. That was a lot. That yeah, was a lot. And I have no doubt that this is touching um, the hearts and maybe they can even feel it in their bellies. Uh, women that are experiencing the same thing or have experienced the same thing that you're in a relationship where you're being physically abused nearly every day and the fear of that and walk, the walking on eggshells and just the, the really the terror of, uh, of the abuse that might happen that day. You just never know. You're always in a trauma response. And then mm-hmm. just feeling trapped and unseen, like to go, like be in this, this religious organization that is like home to you. And then you mm-hmm. go and seek help and then realize that you're not as valuable as the institution of marriage, that mm-hmm. you are not really, your person is not as valuable as the sanctity of this contract. Exactly. And so that is like really just an enormous pain to carry. And the what you said about what am I doing wrong and what do I need to do to feel loved and and feeling like in that moment, there's nothing that you can do. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. really honor you for having the bravery to share that with all of us, because that's no small thing. And then also I have that courage to like, okay, to have to leave that and be fearful um, to actually have to leave your entire um, way of living and being and knowing in order to escape that. And to protect your young daughter, it's not just protecting yourself, but you had a three-year-old child Mm -hmm. as well. So there's so much that was going on within you. So Mm -hmm. just deep breath in on that one. Um, And I can't even believe that we are already coming up onto our first break. But when we come back, I would love for you to continue to share that. And, you know, what were the steps that you took to really be able to step away from that, to be able to step away from, because a lot of women feel trapped. They don't, and they're in that fight, flight, freeze or fawn state, and they don't know what to do or how to to escape. So I would love for you to share that part of the story when we come back. Yes, thank you. Okay, so we're going to go to our first break, but please don't go anywhere. We're having an amazing conversation. We already went really deep already with Catherine as she wanted to do, and as I wanted to dive in. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And if you're joining in in our Women Thriving Unapologetically uh, Facebook community, just please pop in and write down a question and comment, and then we'll be sure to answer that when we can. Okay, we'll be right back. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, You awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? 
Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. And I am here today with Catherine Neese, and we are diving right in to the big stuff on how to heal trauma um, and create a resilient mindset as we navigate the, the challenges that come from being in relationships where we are either physically, mentally, emotionally abused. And that can be in partnership and our spouse. It could be in a religious organization, which is Catherine's personal experience that we're pulling from today. And before we left the show, Catherine was sharing how a little bit about her story and the enormity of it and how, and we're going to lead into the second part of the show on how she was able to leave uh, a marriage, a high profile marriage, leave um, her, her community, her church, and, and to really save herself as well as her young daughter. Yeah. Thank you again, Lindsay, for creating a safe space to talk about all these things. It really means a lot to me. Um, yeah, like it definitely, I can feel my throat getting so tight talking about these things. So I really, really means a lot to have, have this amazing space to share. Um, yeah. yeah and to so like, you know, this is our, this is the power of our community. Oh, trying right to there. You know this. I mean, you're like, I'm literally (laughs) telling this to the music. uh, (laughs) No, no, you couldn't be more right. Like that. Yeah. And a lot of women that I've talked to who have dealt with trauma, um, it's, they get a lot of um, manifestations of that anxiety or trauma right there onto their throat area, which makes so much sense. Also, I've noticed that women will point to, to their heart. Um, and I will do the same if I'm like grieving or, or feeling something very deep, it's my right hand going over my heart, which is a signal of, of grief. So like we are such beautiful living creatures that respond to all the stimuli around us. Um, and, and I think part of that healing journey for me was also reconnecting with my body because it was kind of like for the first time in my adult life, I was able to decide, oh, my body belongs to me. It wasn't something that was taught to me in that mindset of my marriage. It belonged to God. It belonged to my husband. I did not have power over my own body. And therefore, 
women's tuition thrives on being able to check in with where, how you're feeling all over your body. And um, so my intuition was completely muted. And um, so listening, but it never went away. And that's, that's the really exciting part is your intuition is always there. It is going to be there. And you just have to get to a place where you are safe enough to be able to listen to it again. And that to me is like the start of that golden joinery is like re-listening to that voice and then following its path throughout, um, throughout the journey. One, getting to a safe space. Cause if you're always activated, if you're always in fear, mm-hmm. you can't, it's nearly impossible to do that deeper inner work that there has to be a sense of safety and security before we oh, yeah. can actually start to heal. So getting yeah. yourself to that place where you can be in a place where you can say, okay, like I'm going to start to explore, you know, mm-hmm. my own body again and allow some mm-hmm. of these sensations to come forward and understanding that this is my body. It's not, yeah. one else doesn't own my body. Mm-mm. This is my Mm-mm. body and my experience of my body. And how can I start to really just give that space for the experiences to come forward because if we keep them packed down they're never really going to heal allow them to come forward into the surface so how did you like you know how did you just find that 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 defining moment where you're like okay i've got to i've got to get out of here and how did you do that i um i think it's it's it, there wasn't one culminating moment. There was just many, many, many moments leading up to that, that this particular point in time where I realized, um, if I didn't get out, I, my life was in danger and I, my daughter's life was in danger as well. Um, so it was literally just a moment of like, this is it's survival. We have to get out. Um, and I was very, very lucky to have a friend who was willing to do everything she could to help me find safety. And I think that was that was a moment of hope where I, I remember she, her saying to me, you realize that you're running towards love, right? You're not running away from love. Oh, what you so And that was, I know, right? Like, when you're, there's this, this really sad moment where you realize that what you've been fighting for and what you have been sacrificing for isn't actually the love that you thought it was. It was power. It was control. There might've been love in there somewhere, but for the most part, it's being completely just destroyed by all of these other really tragic things. And I, but when you do leave something toxic, there can be this guilt within you. That's like, I'm, I'm running away. I'm not, um, I'm not giving us everything I could, but her just beautiful words where she held my hand and she said, you're running towards love. You're, you're not running away from love. Um, that was the first step into being like, wow, what else can I explore? of all these things that I had been believing for so long, what do I actually believe? And it was this very exciting moment of like, I think there's a whole world out there waiting for me. I feel terrified, but I want to know what it is. 
So it was this very thirsty curiosity um, that expanded way beyond the trauma and the pain that I was feeling. It was just this, I saw a light and I was like, I want that. I really want that. Um, Even though there was, you know, immense fear there to just, because you're leaving something known, even though the known is, you know, harming you and has a potential to harm your daughter, mm-hmm. there's still, it's still what's known. So there's absolutely like, oh, there's still a sense of safety here, even and though it's familiarity. Yeah. And familiarity yeah, and to have the bravery to finally leave and then go towards an unknown, which is scary. Mm-hmm. But I love how you said, okay, I'm going towards, and this is how I know when things are really aligned with me is that, okay, I'm going towards something that's unknown and it's scary. However, I'm still excited about it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I think, okay, that's how I know that I'm, I'm moving with spirit and I'm moving towards love mm-hmm. and not away from love. Yes. Um, and that's the intuition right there. Um, reaching its hand out saying, yes, that's it. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, because if we're staying in something that, you know, we might be a little bit afraid of, but mm-hmm. there's that terror or the, um, the it's not doesn't feel like love. There's like what you said, feeling guilty or mm-hmm. feeling less than or unworthy or um, staying with your grief. That's not moving towards love. That's not moving us mm-hmm. towards really pulling all of our shattered pieces back together. It's staying shattered. Mm-hmm. It's staying shattered. Yes. Yes. So that moving towards love was like that very defining moment of the, I guess, the golden joinery. Now, was that love for yourself or was that love? How would you say, like, when you say I'm moving towards love, like, where did you yeah. feel that in your body? Does it feel like you're moving towards love for yourself or for? Oh, wow. It, it, it felt like I was moving towards an all-encompassing kind of love that's going to manifest in different ways at different times of my life. So for the first you know, year or two, it was more just like love for self again, um, which I had to really work hard to do. I didn't really have a sense of self at that point. I was always um, looking to external um, rules uh, to tell me who I was or what I should believe. So coming to a place of empowerment where I can be like, no, what, what do I really feel? What do I really love to do? Um, there's this beautiful quote from Mary Oliver that really helped me align well with this idea of love. And she said, you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. The sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes over the prairies and the deep trees and the mountains and rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination and it calls you like wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. Mm. And I remember reading that and thinking, I want to find my place in the family of things. And that was my um, another motivator to decide, okay, what does that mean for me? So self-love, first of all, was really important and key. And I think 
everyone wants to find their place in the family of things. And so often we are looking outside of ourselves for that place. Like asking someone else, like, where, where am I meant to be? What am I meant to be doing? But it does mm-hmm. take that act of self-love and exploration and our exploration to be like, okay, to find it for yourself and to claim it for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so what are some of the tools that you use to, you know, you know, cause we say self-love a lot, but you know, <laughs> oh, that's not, an, we can say it easily, but it's not an easy thing to actually encom- like feel completely embodied with. So how, what are some of the tools that you use to help you reclaim this love for yourself? Yeah, I think for me, the very first part was again, that deep insatiable curiosity. It was like, I really want to um, find out what life's all about. I want to, again, it's that desire to find my place in the family of things again. Um, and and so you ha- it was like this deep motivation within me, which seemed kind of impossible at the time. So I had really severe PTSD. Um, and as anyone who has dealt with PTSD or any sort of like trauma recovery knows, it is not a linear line. It is not linear towards recovery at all. It's very up and down. Um, and um, I was, there was definitely a point where like eating was just really difficult. I, I just couldn't eat. I wanted to eat. I was hungry. I just couldn't eat. I remember being terrified to just stand in line at the grocery store because that would make me feel trapped. Um, I couldn't be near any man for a very long time. Um, anytime a man got kind of close to me, my whole body kind of shut down. Um, so there was a lot of trauma and I just remember thinking I can barely make it through one day. How am I possibly going to do this magical manifesting life that I want for myself? Because I can't even go to CVS. (laughs) Like I can't even stand in line. Um, so, um, the most important part of getting going in that light seeking direction is to do what you can with what you have right now and then have a bigger goal, a more beautiful vision for yourself that you want. So I had my bucket list of an ideal life that I wanted for myself. And then I had a very practical step that I could take each day to get there. And the kindness to speak to myself when that day might not have gone as I wanted it to. Um, When you see a little child learning something new, they're going to make a mistake. They're going to fall. They're going to, you know, struggle. But I really like how most kids have this dialogue of, whoops, try again. You know, like they're just like, oh, that didn't work. Let me try this. Oh, that didn't work. You know, and and they're very forgiving of themselves. They're just, willing to try yeah and they have a little fun with it and play with it and yeah like oops and I know that that might sound like you know I'm not to to trivialize the pain that people are trying to heal from but joy is actually the closest frequency to love like the love of the universe the and spirit and God or whatever you want to call this this energy of the universe joy is that frequency. And so if we can do little things that bring us joy, 
then it, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like helping us step towards that big goal that we have with greater ease. Oh, yes. And so I love how you took, like, okay, I have this big goal, mm-hmm. but we, I'm so far away from it. If I just look at this big goal, I might, it feels like I'm never going to get there, but it's just like, what is the one thing that I can do today and allow myself to be forgiving of whatever is coming up, the emotions, like forgive myself for having judgment, forgive myself for beating myself up mm-hmm. and just come back to what's this one small thing that I can do and celebrate that just like a little kid would celebrate. Like, look what I did. Absolutely. Oh my God. No, I just, oh yes. Out of my nose. How cool is that? <laughs> exactly. Like just, um, I think having a playful attitude towards your growth um, and it's not, it's not, you know, um, it, it, again, it's not leaving out the trauma that you've experienced. Again, this is part of the golden joinery, right? You're going to be doing it with a playful mindset, like, all right, let's try putting this piece back together. Oh, that's cool. That kind of worked that time. Oh, I like how that looks. Let me try this. Oh, that didn't work so well. Let's try that. Um, but it's all with an up, upward looking mindset. And so, you know, this is not spiritual bypassing. I just want to say that it's like, okay, it's, it's the combination of, okay, making space for the wounding to heal, mm-hmm. like to really go there, uncover all, all, all the grief and all the pain so that, it, and let it allow it to come to the surface so that it can truly heal. But at the same time, knowing where you want to go and, oh, yeah. and making space for joy. Cause if we do this deep inner work, it feels like we are in a pit of despair and we can get really swallowed up in Uh-oh. our grief and our pain. And that's all we can see, but we have to work with that, allow it to heal, but also see like, where's the light? Where do I want to be? And taking one little small step towards that and making space for some joy to come in because oh, yeah. that will keep pulling us towards what we really want. Yes. Um, and it'll also help heal the wounding. Oh, it will. And I'm telling you, Lindsay, there is joy to be had. It is everywhere. If you are open for it, it is literally everywhere. I've been forever amazed by once my heart opened up, the types of amazing people I met along the way, the stories that we shared together, and the experiences I've had. Um, The world is very rich and it is literally waiting to hand you all these, all of this, love so and joy. many amazing experiences from opening up your heart. Cause it would be very easy to close it down after the experiences that you've had. Um, yeah. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about that, but we're at our last break of the show, but please don't go anywhere because we're going to talk a little bit more about joy and how we get more of and cultivating some of that resilient mindset. And we'll come back to that as well. And again, if you want, join the Women Thriving Unapologetically Facebook group where you can watch behind the scenes and ask questions that we can answer at the end of the show. So we'll be right back. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. 
When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv goddess to sign up today. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm Lindsay, and we're here today with Catherine Neese, and we're talking about, you know, the trauma that a lot of women can experience and how difficult it can be to pull ourselves out of relationships that are very toxic and harming to our bodies and our minds and our hearts and how we can step into a new way of being and seeing how the the shattering of one life can actually lead to a much more beautiful life when we have the courage to pick up those pieces and put them back together again. And so Catherine, I would really love for you to share with us, like how, what are, how did you put the pieces back together again? And what were the tools that you used to create this life where you can see like joy, you're not, you're not living in the constant fear. I know you still are, you still work with PTSD every single day, but you're, before we left the show, you're like, I see so much joy now. It's Mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, tell us how. (laughs) Yes. The brain is so resilient. It wants, like your body is so resilient. And I think that's the other really exciting part about the whole journey is that it wants to be put back together. Your soul wants to be put back together. Your brain wants to feel good. Like your even though it might feel like your body is working against you, which is certainly how it felt for me with PTSD, the overarching, the overarching direction, every part of you wants to go is towards that light, towards that golden joinery. And so um, it, it truly is amazing how um, with, you know, different types of um, methods, you can reteach your brain to think in a different way to, to heal. Um, it's elastic and it wants to heal. So that already feels good to know that it's, it wants to. Um, and so, yeah, so how, I think again, for me, the two key points were creating a bucket list for myself. Um, this was, and I remember making it, I was in bed, which was the only safe place that felt safe to me at the time. Like I was in bed, I had my journal the whole world was terrifying to me. This was right after a lot of the trauma I'd experienced and also after my brother had passed. Um, and I was 
in bed, I had my journal and I was like, okay, if I could live the life I want, what would it look like? And so I, I wrote it all down and I um, made my bucket list. And, and the interesting thing about the word bucket list is it's about like what to do before you die. That's why it was like, kick, you kick the bucket, you know, yeah. what to do before you die. I felt like I'd already died. And I think a lot of trauma does lead to a certain kind of death. You've already died. You've already lost everything. So for me, it was like a reverse bucket list. It was like, this is for living now. What, how can I live? Um, so it, I'm, a, I'm someone who likes to think in a visionary scale. So I needed to have that to work towards. And then the practical every day um, has to come from a place of very genuine and loving self-talk. Um, and approaching your newfound skill, like you would coach a little child if a little child is learning how to draw and be like, good job, keep going. Um, try those different colors. Oh, if that's not working for you, try something else. Um, and recognizing that healing is not linear. And I think there's going to be days where you're going to feel great. And there's going to be days where you don't and recognizing that is okay. Um, and I think that was a frustrating thing for me to, to go through at times where I felt like I was making so much progress. And then one day I got triggered or something. And then I was like, darn it, you know, like I thought I was doing so well. But the whole point is that you are. You're always going to be headed in the direction of up, even if it doesn't feel that way sometimes. And I think sometimes um, people yeah. forget that those triggers or when we feel activated is just an opportunity to say, oh, there's still some wounding there that needs to be healed and exactly. bring in that self-compassion and say, okay, this is a part of myself that is still very tender and yeah. raw. How and can I show okay. her some love today instead of being like, oh my God, here I am again. That's what I would do. I would get triggered. I'd feel like mm -hmm. I'd fall back into that pit of despair. And then I would just berate myself and just bring myself even further down instead mm -mm. of being like, hey, it's just Awake. Okay. No one told me that, you know, that's just your wounding and that needs a little bit more tenderness and a little bit more healing, a little more love. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's beautiful that you're pointing out that, okay, I'm just giving myself love every single day, no matter where I am. And that mm -hmm. you can be up one day and down one day. And that can happen within 24 hours, uh, like multiple ups and downs. I mean, how often do we like, are we laughing in the next few things you know, or something is someone's hurt our feelings and we're crying and then we're laughing again. And yes, yes. And I, the other thing that I love about how kids um, sometimes go about learning is that they really feel that feeling in the moment and then they let it go. They're not repressing anything. So like if they dropped something or they were working on their project and it wasn't working, they went, Oh, I'm so frustrated. And then they're like, okay, let me try this. So I, I, I like that sometimes. And I think as adults, it's very important to do that because we, it's important to be like, oh, this is so frustrating and let out that emotion in a very, you know, you can do it in a very light giving way, express it through words, express it through however is a very healthy way to do it. Feel that feeling in the moment and then let it go. Um, and I, and so I did that a lot. I would be like, oh, you know, today did not go the way I wanted to. Okay, let's try it again tomorrow, you know? And so having this uplifting mindset of um, whatever happened today doesn't have to define what happens tomorrow. 
that is well, okay. And usually my outburst would be more like say, what I would classify now as sacred rage, where I would just, oh. sometimes I would scream so loud yeah. and hard that my throat would hurt for more than a day. Ooh. It's a little, yeah. 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 Well, it needed to happen. Yeah. Needed to happen. I feel like sacred rage can be a very healing thing. Absolutely. Um, Yes. And then some honey and lemon water afterwards. Afterwards. Yeah. Um, But it's very, you know, it's one of those things when we release it, I was like, oh my God, it just needed needed to come out, to be released. And then my body could soften. Yes. Acting so hard in that moment anymore. Yes. I feel, and I would feel a little silly too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It felt really good. Yeah. So um, for me, the first step was like figuring out how to regulate the emotions of fear. Um, And so I um, did a lot of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy to, so that again, that is an option. Everyone has their own journey about how they want to heal, but that's what worked really well for me was like diving deep into CBT and learning how to self-soothe. Um, and I definitely want to say that for people who are trauma survivors or people who are working through anxiety or depression or whatever you're going through, it's really important that the people in your life and your partner or whoever you have close to you um, is a cheerleader for you in that way, but they are not responsible for your healing. You are. Your, your partner is not your therapist. Your partner is not your self-soother. They've got their own stuff they need to work on. So your job is to cheer each other on um, as you work on your own stuff. And I found that to be very empowering because I feel like for women in particular, or I don't know, maybe everybody, but when, you, when you're vulnerable and you're going through a lot, it can be very easy to look for a romantic partner that that then just, it just becomes a trauma bond. The whole point of being there is so that they can be your crutch so that you don't have to do the work. And it's not about finding your savior. It's about you saving yourself. Exactly. Because then when you have your golden joinery together, you can present this beautiful partnership to someone else. Um, I definitely am not saying don't be in a romantic relationship when you're healing. I think with that type of love that the two of you can share, it can be beautiful for both people. But I just couldn't emphasize enough, you are in charge of your own healing journey. And, and that the support that you need, don't rely on your partner to help you heal. There's, yes. You have to find the external support so you have someone to hold that space for you. Precisely. That's not so emotionally tied to you as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that was empowering for me too. It was like, okay, I, I can do this. I can take the responsibility for my feelings and my choices. Um, and so CBT was really important. Doing something fun every day. Um, and it was, you know, it could be playing in the garden with my daughter. It could be watching a really fun movie that I love, um, making myself the most delicious cup of hot cocoa. Um, these are really beautiful little moments that you can create for yourself. Um, I like to call them vignettes of your day. So, um, instead of thinking the whole day has to be amazing, think what little vignette can I can create for myself today that's really wonderful for for me and maybe the people around me too. Um, So, um, and then 
each day you have at least one vignette and then a vignette becomes bigger and it grows and it grows and years pass and suddenly your life has expanded and this golden joinery is exactly where it needs to be. And I I promise you it happens. Like if I can go from being terrified in my bed, can't even head over to the local drugstore, you know, to get paper towels and to now be performing in front of thousands of people um, working with hundreds of people every year, coaching, um, making music. I've traveled. I've done everything on my bucket list. Went to Paris. I did it all. And I, and again, it's just from that one little step every day of creating that vignette, that safety for yourself and cheering yourself on along the way. Um, that is so inspiring, Catherine, you know, to go from the trauma that you were experiencing to just creating that bucket list. Like, where do I want to be? What do I want my life to be like? And taking those little steps to get there. And mm-hmm. I love how you said, you know, and bringing in the cognitive behavioral therapy, because that's what yeah. worked for you. It doesn't mean that it's not going to work for everybody, but they have to find what is the support system that I need to yes. help me navigate through and heal um, this trauma and find my way back to my golden joinery. Yes. And fun. And have yeah. Fun. And have fun while you're doing it because in the end, you know, it's, it's those, it, it, yes, don't take yourself too seriously. You know, it, it's, I feel like it's, um, life is, is this beautiful, playful thing in many ways. Um, so we're yeah. getting very close to the end of our show. So real quick, can you tell us where we can find you? So Yes. So you can go on my website to see what I'm up to. It's just my name, katherineese.com. You can also see me on Instagram, just katherineese. If you want to check out my latest projects or pictures of my daughter and me, um, and then I'm on Facebook too. And we're all growing and, and thriving and learning together. I've still got a long ways to go. I am, my golden joinery is still a process. And it, yeah, will and it will always be. Exactly. And just yeah. to have fun with putting the pieces together and making beautiful art for yourself. Yes. And yeah. so, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on and being so brave and sharing your story and giving us all inspiration to create a beautiful life for ourselves. And don't forget to check Catherine out at CatherineNeese.com. And just know that just keep making those beautiful vignettes of your day and they'll expand and they will get bigger and bigger. And pretty soon you'll be living that life that you really, really want and have envisioned for yourself. So be sure to join the Women Thriving community where you can get to stay connected between the shows and ask our guests questions and get tools and tips from me each week between shows to flourish, prosper, and grow despite life circumstances. So don't forget to join in next week at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Lindsay McCowan, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Many blessings, my friends. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.